0: Time again on Coast Access Radio for another Age-Friendly Cities and Communities programme as we do every fortnight around this time. Jill Stansfield has joined us again. Welcome, Jill. Thank you very much for having me on this particularly horrible day out there. <laughs> Had that over the last week or so, fighting through wind, hail, lightning, plagues of locusts. <laughs> well, it's winter, so yeah. Yeah, welcome to it. And we're on the downhill slide, you could say, now to Christmas.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully it might improve, although there is a Dutch saying that says uh, "After the uh, when the days lengthen, the weather strengthens, and that means that after the shortest day, you get your worst weather. So mm. I suppose we've got to say fingers crossed and hope it doesn't happen here.
0: Oh, if it's going to get worse than what we had a week yeah. or so ago. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Let's get friendly because this is all part of the program, Age Friendly. It is. Yeah. You do focus a lot on age-friendly in our discussions and have done for many years, Jill. Uh,
1: Absolutely. And that sort of might mean that it would be a good time to do do a bit of a recap around that theme. And New Zealand joined the global network of age-friendly cities and communities as an affiliate in the development of age friendly cities. And that means that we share resources, documents and good practice. But it's a matter of, in my opinion anyway, getting a lot more people to know and understand a lot more about what the age friendly project involves. So we were the
0: 600th affiliate. That's actually quite a milestone, isn't it? We should have a plaque somewhere that (laughs) says that. It'd be nice to think that we did have one somewhere. In fact, it's not, you know, I I know I come up with really stupid comments at times, but it's not as dumb as it sounds. Maybe we should have Mm. something in coastlands or somewhere like that. Wouldn't that be a good idea to just get that out into the wider community, community that wouldn't have a clue that
1: this even exists, Jill. I know. And this is the thing that I have battled ever since I came back to New Zealand with that from Australia, well, with the program from Mm. Australia, and that's how it was introduced into the country. But it took me ages to get any traction. You've got it. And I (laughs) realise, you know, we push it and people say, oh, we've covered this before. We just have to keep pushing, don't we? Yes, we do. But – the actual sort of age-friendly project itself now has a thousand communities across 47 countries, and that covers more than 298 million people worldwide. Mm. You know, when you put it in that context, we are just but a bot, what will I say, a drop in the ocean, and that's interesting when you think about it. But this network was established in 2010, and this was in global response to the population aging, as mm. well as rapid urbanisation, and I found that very interesting too. Yeah, we're all getting
0: older, and you know the average age and the average lifespan is continuing to grow everywhere around the world, and we will basically continue to do so. I don't know what the upper
1: limit's ever going to be, Jill. We probably won't see it. No, we probably won't, because I did read somewhere that they were talking about you know around 115 sort of as a starting point for the sort of um, Gee. That uh, new age, as it were, that people would be thinking about living to.
0: So long as you're healthy and you're not being kept alive with a machine or a robot <laughs> or something like that.
1: Yeah, well, true. Mind you, I wouldn't mind mind having a robot to vacuum me floor, as it were. <laughs> yeah, oh, me too. <laughs> I know, yeah. and they are around, so yeah. maybe we should look at them. <laughs> mm, mm.
0: But, I mean, you know, you look at Kapiti, Horta the whole regional region, I suppose, and, you know, they say this is the place to retire. Thames Coromandel is up there as well. Are they still number one or have we overtaken them?
1: Well, we're on a par. Actually, we used to be in the lead and then Thames Coromandel caught up with us. But when you think about what went on in Auckland, you can understand that Aucklanders would drift south and choose to retire in the Thames Coromandel area, and that makes sense when you think about it. Mm but we do have those two regions do have the highest percentage of over 65s in new zealand so anything that focuses on older persons has the potential to be very helpful and one thing that i think is really really important to understand it's not only that age group that benefit everybody does mm-hmm. And there is that saying, do it once, do it right. (laughs) And this is a bit of a shock. By 2034, more than one in five New Zealanders will be over 65. And that means that will be approximately 1.2 million people. Gee,
0: I mean, that is quite a statistic when you think about it. And the do it once, do it right scenario is interesting. You talk about, as an example, homes and housing, you know, you suddenly Mm. at the age of 65 or 70 don't want to move into, say, a retirement village because your home is no longer suitable. Uh, You're looking at moving into homes that are suitable for all ages, all shapes, all sizes, all physicalities, disabilities, that sort of thing, Jill.
1: I couldn't agree more. And sort of even if you think about hallways, apparently what has been a one-time standard hallway width in New Zealand doesn't really cater to a person in a wheelchair. Well, that's intimidating when you think about it. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I know not not a huge number of people are going to be in wheelchairs, but the concept of doing it once, doing it right, and making all homes able to be all person friendly, to me, just seems to make so much good sense when you think about it. Things
0: like having wider door frames, putting light switches a bit lower down, those sorts of things.
1: And door handles, apparently they are a real stickler for, you know, a stickler is not the right word, a real stumbling block for people in wheelchairs, because when I was a child, the door handles were always up high. As a kid, I couldn't reach them until I was about eight or something like that. And, you know, that tells you a lot. But now they're (laughs) mostly down lower, and thank goodness for that.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go on. And you want to look at the Age-Friendly Aotearoa New Zealand Toolkit. Tell us about that.
1: Yes. Well, that I've looked at online. And on page 8, there is a paragraph with the title, What Makes a Community Age-Friendly? And it states that an age-friendly community is one with the desire and commitment to create policies physical and social environments that support the well-being of older people. Now, it's not just only older people, I might add, but it then goes on and says, In an age-friendly community, older people can be active, feel secure, enjoy good health and the respect of others, continue to participate fully in society regardless of their age, mix with their f- different generations and easily access local services and parks, attend cultural events, and take part in further education. Now, all of those seem pretty darn good to me.
0: They do indeed, and it's something that should be, I don't know if this is the right term, drummed into people's ordinary everyday life and society. And you made an interesting point just before, and it's got my brain ticking a little bit, about the fact that maybe this isn't just for people 65 and over this should be for everyone and then that got my mind going to say well let's just forget about age-friendly cities and communities and just talk about friendly cities and communities get rid of the word age
1: that would probably convince more people that it would be worthwhile to do it funnily enough yeah age has connotations that some people run away from but there you go matter of public education all this is a matter of a public education mm. really yep that's right and that's where hopefully this program that you people give me the chance to participate in will actually help that process
0: I would hope so I would hope so gosh that's really got my mind going now about crossing <laughs> out the word I don't want to do that deliberately and and you know by suggesting that demeaning people 65 and over but These
1: are the sorts of things that everyone should be looking at, no matter of your age. I couldn't agree more. But I think it came about because the communities were not conducive to older persons with some limitations living freely. And so... Overall, worldwide, there has been this big move towards creating an awareness of the more particular needs of the older person, but they do include the needs of those who have limited mobility. And of course, straight away, you bring kids into this because how can a toddler cope with things that are not age friendly? You know, seriously.
0: We were always brought up, respect your elders, you know, (laughs) know, no matter what. True. In in a sense. And, and to a certain extent, that, remains true and respect social inclusion those sorts of things have to almost be the norm and should be the norm
1: i couldn't agree more because when you really think about it that whole concept of do it once do it right is going to save ratepayers in the long run it's going to save uh, save home builders in the long run it's going to work in an advantage to everyone in the long run yeah it you know not only
0: yes it addresses age and people who are more mature in the community, but there's a whole bunch of, I guess, points in an age-friendly community. You know, looking at that document, you know, respecting the rights, um, celebrating older people, including their capacities and resources. Now, you brought up, and I know you continue to bring up, for example, you like, say, when you go to Mitre 10, you like to talk to the older people who work there because they've had life skills.
1: I couldn't agree more. Yes, it is really, really satisfying to go into my 10. See, uh, they're usually gentlemen by the time I get around to looking at stuff for, you know, home do-it-yourself thingies. Mm. And I know that they are going to have the knowledge that I don't have. And so I'll always engage with them, and they're always extremely helpful. And I learn, and that's the big thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, age-friendly communities address inequality, um, disability. Now, I understand, you know, the proportion of older folk, the, well, the older you get, maybe the more disabled you get. Fair comment?
1: Uh, yes, it is. Well, whether it's regarded as a disability or not, We, as we get more mileage on the clock, will find that we are less flexible, that our balance will be suffered. By the way, I've learnt in terms of balance, we've got two sorts of balance. I don't know whether I've mentioned it before, but I can stand on one foot dead easy for ages. And I can even stand on my wobble board on one foot very easily for ages. And I can, of course, do it with two. But when I sort of get and try to move around and to then, when I don't sort of, um how will I put it, focus on it very strongly, my balance is nowhere near as good as it ought to be. Mm. And this frustrates me. We've got balance associated with movement. That's one sort of balance. We've got the balance associated with being stationary. That's another sort of balance. And my stationary balance is great, but my moving balance ain't. <laughs> now, I know what those wobble
0: boards are. I've seen them, I've actually seen them in RNZ. Uh, I hadn't come across them before. They're essentially like skateboards without wheels, but they're also um, spherical. How do you, how would you describe it? Oh, not well, quite...
1: I, I can talk about my one. Mine is a flat circle, what? and underneath it is as though someone has chopped a slice off a sphere and stuck it underneath so that when I put my wobble board on the ground and I just tip one side of it, it wobbles left, right, left, right, yes. left, right, like yeah. that. It, and, of course, when I'm standing on it, it does the same thing.
0: Yeah, and it helps to improve your balance and just give you the opportunity for your momentum, I suppose,
1: all those equilibrium, in, mm. in a sense, Yeah, and just just helps you it does and, and uh, I mean it's good to have one that you can practice on and that would be great if mm. everybody when they got to say 65 between 65 and 70 sort of managed to get hold of one and could practice on it because in the long run it does help to improve my moving stability i have <laughs> never balance. stood on
0: one before and I don't you know I wonder what these do and I Saw people standing on them. <laughs> oh, okay, and it, it does help, you know, for people yeah, who does. like to work standing up rather than sitting down all day.
1: Well, you can actually feel your brain sort of adjust, can't
0: you? Yeah, you can. Yeah, and it just sort of gives you that mobility. It helps with that, and so on. So it's encouraging people to get moving, get motivated.
1: So, yeah. Well, you know. the I think the big thing that you've just said there is the word encourage, because I think some people may get to the point when they are older of thinking oh no i can't do that or no that i'm mm. i'm not going to do that well that to me is just very sad because it straight away limits your life experience and we know that life experience needs to continue to be as wide as possible so we can maximize that which we have left if yeah. you like to put it that way
0: there are some really good points on that page 8 document so where can people find that again just remind us Jill
1: uh, the one that I spoke about, that yeah. is the... Age-Friendly
0: Aotearoa New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, that's
1: right. Well, if you go online and go to the uh, Office for Seniors and then look at the Age-Friendly Aotearoa program, you'll find via that what you are looking for. Mm. But it is it's a useful website. And mind you, if I couldn't actually located, I jolly well ring the Office of the Seniors and ask them yep. maybe to send it out by post or to email or text you, mm-hmm. and then you've got it, and you've got the open access to that info, and that's critical.
0: And it's pretty close to home, too, because Kapiti along with a couple of other centres in New Zealand, were pilot sites in an evaluation process initially.
1: We were, yeah, and that that was interesting and um, I I know I was involved with that because uh, Professor Stephen, what the heck was his surname? I can't remember now, Mm. Uh, but he came down and spoke with me and then spoke with the the wider group and let's face it, that's where you build your um, understanding of what's going on in the, uh, well, I say outer areas of the country Mm. (laughs) because I expect Aucklanders regard us as a bit of an outer area down here. I think so. Do they know we exist? Oh. <laughs> I know. We've got that problem to deal with, haven't we? <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I mean, you know, there are some really good documents to look at, thanks to the internet and the Office for Seniors and so on, and their website, and all the work they're doing with their Better yeah. Later Life Strategy document and focusing on all sorts of good things, Jill.
1: Yeah, I agree. That Better Later Life Strategy document is that which they actually use as their tool for. Enacting a lot of this, but you can go for that other one as well that, that I mentioned, the age-friendly Aotearoa New Zealand toolkit.
0: Yeah, and people have been, you know, responding a bit, like doing surveys and so on. And I guess they're going to have a, a bit of an update not too far away, by the
1: looks of things. Yeah, no, I agree. It says mid 2022, and uh, straight away I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't look at that because the update more might have more. Um, up-to-date info about the developments that have happened because I think progress is so important with this sort of a program.
0: Yeah, and it will be ongoing and there'll be you know experiments that are being done and you've got to work it out and do it properly and it'll be it'll always be dynamic, it'll always be fluid, Mm. it'll it'll never Mm. be something that's hard and fast and concrete, there'll be changes. There will,
1: but another dimension of age-friendly could be said to be the focus that is placed on the needs, etc. of disabled people. And I have a friend who's confined to a wheelchair, and therefore we've had some conversations around the Code of Health and Disability, the consumer's right dimension. And I want to read a couple of these, just the head sections, mm-hmm. out from that document. And the first one is, consumers have rights and providers have duties. And I thought, wow, that divides the responsibility, and I like it. And the number two is rights of consumers and duties of providers. And it then elaborates elaborates it a bit further, says the rights of consumers and the duties of providers under this code are, and there are a lot of bullet points that you can look at. But the first one that I think is really important is the right to be treated with respect. Because sometimes you find that other people will talk down To people who have a disability. There's no need for that.
0: No, I I totally understand and um, appreciate that. Everyone is entitled to respect, and that's that inclusion again, isn't it, Jill? It
1: is. It most certainly is. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, you know, you're talking about wheelchairs and so on. It's almost (laughs) like you need to put that in the road code.
1: Well, it's interesting because there is a document that is called keeping mobile, mind you, this was printed in, um, well, at least I received it in 2012, so it might pay to check that there is isn't an update. But with that, that does point out quite a bit that, um, you know, enables people to, well, get out, out and around about with a bit more confidence, really, because you know it's in the law. But then I wanted to go back and sort of, to focus on the dimension that is how to safely use your mobility scooter, mm. and that is really, really important because we are getting more and more people who are using mobility scooters. And I want to just read out the introduction to that. Now, this so, does
0: actually come from the transport agency, Waka Kulta. Yeah, yep, so it, does. it almost Definitely. is a bit like the road code in a sense, almost.
1: Yeah, well, if you, well, I'd like to think that anybody who bought a mobility scooter, would in fact be handed a copy of this document. And if they don't, they know that they can even ring the Office for Seniors mm. and ask to have it posted can I, to
0: I, them. I mean, you recently purchased – were you given one? <laughs> uh,
1: no, no. But my daughter uh, did all sorts of things like find out information like that because right. at that point in time was I was actually in hospital and she had all this lined up for me when I got home, which was fabulous. But uh, to go back and to read this out – A mobility scooter can be your key to independence and freedom. If you have limited mobility or are unable or unwilling to drive a car, a mobility scooter is a great way to get where you want to go safely, particularly if you're just going to the local shops or anywhere that is maybe a little too far for you to walk. But if you're currently using a mobility scooter or are considering using one in the future – that booklet that is keeping mobile is for you. And it contains practical advice on your rights and responsibilities as well as safety and maintenance tips. So it's a pretty useful little document. It's only, what, about um, 22 pages long, I mm-hmm. think. If I
0: yeah, it's relatively small. It's not yeah, it too is. bad at all. it though.
1: is. But it, it's just so handy. And, you know, when when you have to move from one form of transport to another – you're straight away thinking, ooh, now, what must I do and what I must not do? <laughs>
0: now, there are, for example, there are certain circumstances where a mobility scooter can be ridden on a road.
1: Yes, if there's no footpath, but you've got to keep as far to the left as you possibly can. And um, I, I, I have uh, had a, a what I call a bad experience, really. Um, I was completely on my half of the road and I was... Going around, actually, it was in Toronto Drive, and what I had to do was suddenly slow right down because here was a gentleman on a mobility scooter in the middle of my half of the road. Well, yes, he's allowed on the road, but as I've already said, the rules are that you have to keep as far left as possible. But I know that's got problems because often the seal is broken at the edge, and and it's irregular, and it's not nice to ride. Along on a mobility scooter, so we 've got a bit of a catch twenty two there
0: it 's a bit like cyclists sometimes, same sort of scenario, but yeah. sometimes you know keeping left um, just isn 't practical
1: and look i couldn 't agree more and and, and it 's really hard because it comes down to a, a level of public education and a lo- level of public knowledge and in that sense. The more we all know about this, the better, because I'm going to go back to that saying that I often use, do it once, do it right. Mm. But how do you know what's right if you haven't done a little bit of sort of learning about the process in in your life experience anyway? Yeah,
0: so this brings a bit of responsibility to users of mobility scooters to essentially learn their road rules.
1: True, because they are slightly different, but By association, it means that everybody needs to know a bit more about it too, really, which I think is a bit tricky.
0: So where can you get a copy of this?
1: Well, I think this came from, um, yeah, well, it's the New Zealand Transport Agency. I would ring them or go online for them but you may I would ring the office for seniors and then ask where you can get one because I do know that supply and demand changes with with you know the number of population looking for things and I would check up before I went hunting because you know we don't get around so easily when we're a bit older (laughs) yeah
0: NZTA you can just google NZTA I think they're just NZTA.govt.nz I
1: think so and um yeah, it's Waka Kotahi if you're looking for the uh well the um alternative Yes, that's vehicle. what they call themselves now. Waka yeah, Kotahi. Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but the the agency the New Zealand Transport Agency number if anybody wants to write it down right now is 0800 699 000. That's 0800 699 000. And that little booklet is called Keeping Mobile, How to Safely Use Your Mobility Scooter. Simple. All right. An ounce of
0: prevention is better than a ton of cure, Jill.
1: (laughs) Very, very true. Yep. That's one of my favorite sayings.
0: Mm. And it's hugely relevant. And, you know, again, while the proportion of the population will be, say, 65 and over using mobility scooters, there are people under that age also using it, hence why it's important.
1: Is I couldn't it? agree more, yes. And I would like to think that if younger people do, um, what do I say, become mobility impaired and need to rely upon assistance when getting around, that they do think about getting one of these. Yes, I know they're expensive, but when you think about how they are going to extend your opportunity for life experiences, that's probably worth every cent in the long run.
0: Yep. And the proportion of people over 65, I hate to st- Call it elderly, um, people who are going to be 65 and over. That proportion of the general population is only going to increase over time.
1: It is in New Zealand. And the reason for that in New Zealand is that we started the baby boom earlier here and we went on longer. So, you know, we've got that bulge of the, uh, uh, in the population mm. of those approaching 65, which, uh, It tickles people's fancy, (laughs) shall I put it that way? That's good, that's good. (laughs) See, New
0: Zealand is heading for more elderly than children. Definitely,
1: Mm. yeah. And when you put that in context, that's pretty sobering. And that's why we've really got to be a bit better prepared than I think we are.
0: Yep, and we want people to get out and about no matter what age.
1: Well, the whole point is that the evidence shows clearly that those who do keep themselves getting out and about are going to have far less illnesses and and, I mean that becomes critical when you think of it. Mm. That's probably a good place
0: to end because we're almost at the half hour mark. Goodness gracious me time flies doesn't it? Yeah it's interesting discussions I love having a chat with you every fortnight Jill. Thank you we'll continue this discussion in about two weeks.
1: Thank you very much indeed because it's a great opportunity to help everyone learn more.
0: Age-Friendly Cities and Communities Program every fortnight with Jill Stansfield from the Company Older Persons Council and I seem to chip in a little bit as well, Jill.
1: So. And I thank you for that because <laughs> you add that extra dimension which is never bad.
0: We're delighted to do that here at Coast Access Radio.